is the Go Blue Crew. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Go Blue Crew. I'm Tyler Fenwick with Derek Devine. Derek, I was just thinking, we need like a a catchphrase or a slogan or something. I don't, I, and I don't even know what it, what it would be, but you know what I'm talking about? Like, it, it'd be easy to come up with something, I think. It feels that way, but you know, as I you know, was thinking of what the first thing comes to my mind is that maybe it isn't easy, because I, I, you've stumped me so far. I don't know. I, I just was running it through my head, and I was like, hey, go Blue Crew, Tyler Fenwick, Derek Devine. And then that's it. And like, there's no, and this is the, the show everybody loves. Because, like, you know, that's uh, that would be a terrible one. But I was just thinking about that. I don't know. Let's maybe make by it the a, end of the show. I was gonna say, well, I was that's a little fast. I was thinking to say maybe by the end of the year. <laughs> the the um, calendar if, year? <laughs> yeah, you know, I if you think about it, it's only, you know, several weeks because you only, you know, pod once a week usually. So okay, yeah. you know, if I if something comes to me by the end of the show, I will blurt it out. But please. I feel like I also have a lot of football thoughts, so you know we might we may never get there. In fact, this podcast may go on forever because I feel like it, we could talk forever about Michigan football sometimes. Well, you know, fortunately, it's a season where I don't mind talking a long time about Michigan football. But before we do talk about Michigan football, did you see Mel Tucker reportedly getting ninety five million for ten years? Did you see that? I saw that, and I also saw. I don't know if it was real or not, but a potential offer from LSU to Lincoln Riley, which was something similar, at least the the in the '90s in terms of millions. Uh, yeah, I mean, back up the Brinks truck if you're Michigan State and try to secure that guy. You know, I, I don't really. I was look hoping into, he'd go to LSU. I I was I was assuming that he would stick around. That's a long contract. I I mean, the buyout or something has to be. I mean, 10 years is a very long time. And in, in a world of, you know, he benefited off of transfers for sure, but in a world of transfers and, you know, we just coming off of a pandemic, it seems uh, that's a that's a long time commitment. Um, you know, but if that's the guy they think is is the guy for them because he's beaten Michigan and in, in his both both of his attempts, uh, and I guess they're a contender, you know, they've got to beat Ohio State this weekend. Uh, and then what beat Penn state and they still have Penn state on the schedule too. Um, you got me, you know, this is, uh, this is their attempt. It, it feels like maybe some other potential offers were on the table, but I have a hard time believing that, you know, if LSU is offering Lincoln Riley money makes sense. You know, he's, he's really proved himself even in the college football playoff though, you know, not uh, gotten the ultimate goal of the, of a championship. Uh, you can pay that kind of money to to a proven guy. Um, I'm not sure if Michigan State's like, hey, whenever we get wind of what an offer for an LSU job may be, we're going to match it no matter what. That's a lot of money. And, you know, that makes Jim Harbaugh look like he's on even more of a bargain than ever. Um, oh, yeah. e- even if, you know, he's maybe not as good as what people think Mel Tucker is, uh, you know, being uh, 49 or whatever he is. Uh, hey, you know, Michigan's technically a contender, too. Uh, and they're, you know, they're paying their coach significantly less over a, a shorter term. For good reason. Can you imagine, though, going back to, like, think of your Michigan State friends and go back 
to when they had just lost to Rutgers to start the 2020 season. I think they had seven turnovers, and you could tell them, hey, next season they're going to sign Mel Tucker for 10 years, 95 million. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think there would have been anyone in favor then, but there would have been, you know, we kind of talked about the difference between Michigan and Michigan State fans for Michigan-Michigan State week, but I'm sure there would have been fans who would have said pay him more after beating Michigan uh, even in a pandemic season. Uh, there probably would have been people that, you know, same people that thought Rocky Lombardi was going to be a top 10 pick in the NFL draft after that game. So, uh, yeah, you know, a little bit of a irrational fan base at times. But, hey, you know, they got the donors. They got the money. Uh, they back the big old truck up and they say, hey, this is what we're, you know, willing to pay you. And I guess we'll see uh, what happens. I, I mean, 10 years is a lot of time. Uh, yeah, I, I don't, obviously we all know that 10 years in a contract really means nothing in today's era of no. how much play professional players, contracts, move, shift, trades, uh, buyouts, you know, uh, I'm sure, uh, coaches are just going to continue to get paid more moving forward. So what's, uh, you know, what'd be a record deal, uh, in a lot of ways for Mel Tucker, you know, someone's probably going to pay an outrageous amount of money to to buy him out of his contract if, if he does prove to ultimately, you know, be championship caliber, especially at Michigan State, you know, not an easy place to do that. Oh, well, I'd like to meet the booster who is making this $95 million possible, but that's another story. Um, Michigan, Maryland, that's why we're here today. 15-point favorite. This is uh, your last game before Ohio State. Maryland started 4-0, 1-5 and since then. I've talked before about just like how I think Maryland is intriguing, especially on offense can just be fun to watch. Is this a potential look ahead spot for Michigan? Do you think, or are they locked in? I feel like Michigan's pretty locked in. Uh, you know, Mike Loxley even mentioned that, you know, the game that really matters is a, is a week from this Saturday. Uh, that was a gamesmanship right there. That was like, Hey, they're not thinking about us. Go ahead. Don't even think about us. You got a big one coming up in a week. Go ahead and focus on that one. Absolutely. Well done, Mike. Well done. Yeah, he, he's trying to control the the narrative, set the story. Uh, yeah, you know, this is a team that uh, has talent. And, and I think, you know, you saw some flashes last week against Michigan State. You know, this is a little bit different of an environment. Michigan's traveling to Maryland. Uh, but in a lot of ways, you know, especially with their, you know, I guess call it a hot start 4-0 uh, and then, a, you know, a terrible uh, mid to end of the season so far for Maryland. Um, it's maybe a team that's good prep uh, for for Ohio State, you know, a team that is not afraid to, to throw it around, you know, go after the big plays. Uh, they're not going to back down to anybody, you know, even even down, I think, what, 20 or so points to Michigan State uh, third, fourth quarter. Uh, still slinging the rock, still trying to get it done through the air. Uh, and so maybe a good test uh, for Michigan. But I think Michigan's locked in. Um, you know, I, I do truly feel like you know, even just a uh, couple of comments from players this week or Cade McNamara after the game, you know, the, the season is, uh, is different, you know, for those players that have been around the program for the last few years. You know, they sense something different. Uh, there's there's a lot more to play for, obviously, which will you know make it incomparable to last year. Uh, but they're they're in the running as well. You know, we talked about Michigan State being in the running. Michigan's in the running. Ohio State is obviously always in the running. And yeah, don't sleep on Maryland. You know, 
go out, find a way to win on the road. But yeah, ultimately, I'm sure every player, every coach on that team is is probably also pretty locked in uh, on Ohio State. So you've just got to hope with Ohio State looming that they don't slip up this weekend at Maryland. This is one of the more pass-happy offenses you'll see. Uh, Talia Tugavailoa, he, he has thrown 30 more passes this season than the next highest in the conference. Uh, they're not going to run the ball a whole lot. And that's not their not their offense, not their style. He's a pretty efficient quarterback. Uh, he, turnover is a bit of an issue. He's got 10 picks on the season. But again, I mean, that's partly to do with just volume of passes. Like, they ask him to do quite a bit in that offense. And uh, he delivers. I mean, not all the time. Uh, consistency is definitely, you know, one of those things that Maryland fans, I think, would point to as an issue. But it's enough to be intriguing, enough to be interesting, uh, maybe enough to, you know, I mean, you saw last weekend, it, it, it seemed like Maryland was just like on the cusp for a long time of really turning that game into something a little more competitive against Michigan State and just never happened. You saw him, I thought, you know, lose his composure a little bit. He's just a competitive guy, though. Just somebody who seems to be on fire 24-7. I like it. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to diss an attitude or anything. I'm not, I'm not there. I'm not on the team or the coaching staff. I don't know, but I think it's just fun to watch on TV. But uh, I think I was, was it you I was texting about how, you know, this might be a decent test for Michigan getting ahead or, or getting ready for CJ Stroud in Ohio state, you know, another, another team that's really going to try to, to open things up through the air. There's obviously more talent on that Ohio state team, but you know, similar concepts uh, when you consider what they want to do on offense and if, if Michigan gets exposed this weekend, uh, I'm going to be really worried going into next weekend. But I mean, so I just see it as, as a bit of a test. Yeah, I think there definitely would be some worry. But if it's if it's like, uh, you know, we kind of skipped over Michigan Penn State, I guess. You know, that's a game where that's the most forgettable first quarter of football I can remember in a long time, uh, especially offensively. Uh, for Michigan, obviously, a couple of big defensive plays. It felt like there were 30 sacks that game. Probably helped yeah. our sack prediction numbers. Uh, That's what I was who, thinking the whole time. Every sack, I'm like, oh, we're getting closer to that, whatever uh, the number was that we picked gonna out. Hit, I'm going to hit that over. Um, but, yeah, you know, I, I feel like uh, will they be exposed? Maybe exposed isn't the right word, but, you know, expect. It's just the word I always use, and I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know another good word. Yeah, I think it's a fair word. You know, I think a couple of plays, you know, a couple of big passing plays are, are bound to happen. You know, like you said, it felt like Maryland was on the cusp of, of kind of making it a game at, at times in the first half. You know, a couple of signs of, of some positive uh, possessions in the second half. And then, you know, ultimately Michigan State is a good team and, and was the better team, uh, especially at home, uh, you know, with, with players making plays on the offensive side for the Spartans. But you know, it's almost a good thing to see a little bit of, uh, hey, you know, this is a, a similar threat to CJ Stroud will present, you know, much smaller scale. Uh, hopefully a guy like, you know, JJ, even though he didn't get any time against Penn State, is is just in slinging the rock around against the, the first team guys uh, to, to see if, you know, they can start to prep for, for some of these more dangerous passers. Uh, but, you know, if you give up a couple of big plays, uh, and you get exposed in a couple of areas, you know, one, Ohio State's going to try to key in on the same thing, so maybe it gives you something to fix. But, you know, even if it's, I mean, hopefully it's not nearly as bad as the first quarter 
especially again offensively for Michigan. But you know, you can withstand a couple of big plays. You know, I was at the Northwestern game. It felt like Northwestern had a big screen. They had a, a big run. Uh, Indiana had a couple of, of bigger plays the game we were at, uh, but ultimately only scored seven points. And so you can give up big plays, uh, have a couple of breakdowns defensively, and, and win a ball game at Maryland because you're the better team. Uh, you can't consistently give up plays to Ohio State, uh, even at home, and expect to, to win the game easily. And so, you know, hopefully they, they find enough uh, to, to help them clean up anything, any last-second adjustments or schematic issues. You know, uh, Maryland, a team that can play up-tempo as well, uh, and Michigan struggle against teams that have played up-tempo. Uh, Ohio State's going to really play up-tempo, and so Michigan has, has looked unprepared uh, with some substitution issues. You know, they looked kind of unprepared offensively in that first quarter uh, with some offensive penalties, you know, some false starts, um, you know, a lot, a lot driven by the, the, the crowd uh, in Happy Valley. But, you know, they came out of a, of a tough situation this weekend with a win that, you know, kind of felt like they were willing to give away. And so you got to have a little bit more confidence, I guess, if you're coaches and players on the Michigan team to say, hey, you know, we, we just won in an environment where we usually fold uh, we should be able to take care of business this weekend uh, without looking too forward to to the next matchup on the schedule. I love that you said Northwestern had a really good or no a really big screen. That's that's a very Northwestern thing. Like, it was a, it was you a, see a, that screen, man. <laughs> it was a Pat Fitzgerald classic. Uh, you know. Guy, the quarterback rolling the opposite way, and a big old fullback probably catching the oh, ball and rumbling down the else. field for forty yards. No, and nobody else. Does Northwestern still have that like enormously jacked strength and conditioning coach? Do you remember? Yeah, there, there, someone. He was out in the cold in those sleeves, like busting out of them. Is the, he still the, there? The guys I was at the game with, uh, there were three other guys I went to the game with that weekend, and someone tried to point him out on the sideline. I didn't actually see him. Uh, and I had thought that there was some sort of like, you know, the classic guy gets popular for being crazy on the sideline, being jacked on the sideline, you know, has an allegation two weeks later about being Damn. a bonehead. Um, I thought that that was something that happened. That's all speculation. I did not see him with my eyes. You know, I was more focused on when J.J. McCarthy was going to come in next rather than, you know, where's the beefed up uh, strength and conditioning coach for Pat Fitzgerald. <laughs> but I didn't see him. A buddy I was with said, you know, there he is. So, you know, I guess uh, okay. we'll leave it to the listeners to, to look that up and see tell us if he's still around. Okay. Speaking of J.J. McCarthy, obviously didn't see him at all against Penn State, <clears throat> which surprised me because – you know, especially in that first quarter, I know Michigan didn't run a lot of plays, but it was obvious then that you know this is going to be a struggle as we thought. Um, getting an extra rusher basically on the field, yeah, you know, that's what McCarthy is many times. He, he takes a snap. I mean, I thought that was just kind of an obvious move to, you know, try to spark a little something. Um, very surprised to not see him at all. Do you think that continues? I mean, outside of potential like garbage time stuff against maryland like is he part of the normal game plan do you think i feel like you're more likely to see him in the first half in this game a uh, game that seems like michigan could get control of earlier than later uh but yeah i guess the question would be you know in the next big game big environment do they even try to do anything fancy 
you know, you are at the point of the season, you know, like you've been saying and others have been saying, you know, Cade's been uh, a great game game manager and, and also had some great performances, uh, had some moments, you know, a, a sack fumble where, you know, it's not really his fault. He can't see that guy coming uh, and then goes back out there and, and, you know, helps win the football game. Uh, and so, you know, he's he's got ice in his veins in a way. He's played really well on the road. Uh, I think, you know, just like, you know, Jim Harbaugh said, you know, that position's never, you know, owned. It's always leased. Uh, but I think Cade McNamara has again and again proved why he's in that starting role, will continue to be in that starting role, which we've, you know, been saying for several weeks now, uh, even as we thought JJ's time on the field would increase. So I think we'll see him more this week because uh, I think there's still some dangerous things they can do. You know, it wasn't that long ago, even in a loss, that he came in and threw a touchdown. Uh, in a big moment, it just happened to be that he also fumbled the ball away uh, in, a, in a big moment as well. So I think we'll see more of him. Um, you know, it's not a matter of keeping a red shirt at this point. You know, that's already burned. So I, I think you'll see a little bit more of him this weekend. But, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's Cade McNamara's show uh, against Ohio State because so far he's, you know, been the most consistent, been out there the most, and proven time and time again that he's – you know, been reliable overall, even in a slow start where you start to question and you have some, you know, kind of uh, moans and groans about what's happening in the first quarter against Penn State. You know, he kind of proved himself with a couple of touchdown strikes to Roman Wilson and then just, you know, keeping the game uh, in control, staying confident even after some adversity with the fumble there. Uh, this to me seems like a game that, that um, you know, Jim Harbaugh and Josh Gaddis is their, is their game planning. They're like, what is the least we can do offensively to you know still win relatively comfortably? You obviously you don't want to you know walk out of there with like a 2017 win or something. But it's about maybe not showing hardly anything for Ohio State and also, you know, keeping your guys healthy. I wouldn't expect to see Blake Corum based on uh, what we've heard or I guess really not heard uh, about his uh, status. Um, you know, that, that might be a reason to, well, I can see it going both ways. It could be, let's put JJ McCarthy out there and, and give, uh, McNamara, you know, a relatively easy day where we're not asking him to do too much. I could also see them saying, let's keep JJ McCarthy on the sideline. And, and so Ohio state has to go back, you know, three weeks, uh, you know, a month to, to look at him again so either way i mean this to me i i'm not expecting to see any kind of super impressive game uh maryland really struggles to stop the run so you know it could be one of those washington games where we're just watching them run up and down the field and maybe it's exciting that way but i, I don't think this is going to be like a big performance for for anyone really it could be a big game for donovan edwards maybe he gets some more touches yeah, you know, I noticed he didn't. He got only a couple against Penn State, and I thought we'd see him a little more without Blake Corum. But any way it goes, I I just can't see Michigan showing too much and really trying to do too much. Yeah, we'll talk about Donovan Edwards because I was going to bring him up myself. I, I think back to the the JJ Kate stuff. I think you're spot on with, 
you know, if you're going to find a way to effectively use J.J. McCarthy, you do want Ohio State to have to go back to see how you've used him, you know, not several weeks ago, but a few weeks ago now. Uh, so maybe by not showing anything, uh, it's a way to, to kind of gain that advantage. Um, I think we'll see J.J. McCarthy against Ohio State. You know, that's why he was recruited. That's why he came to Michigan. I would imagine we see him out there, even if it's just to hand the ball off, just as, you know, give Ohio State something else to think about. Um, back to the run game, though, and, and why I want to talk about Donovan Edwards is it's likely that Blake Corum is just going to try to get as healthy as he can to, to be available for Michigan-Ohio State. And this is a game like the Washington game where you could probably rely on your running backs. And when you don't have your dynamic duo available, you also don't want to, you know, run the death out of Hassan Haskins when he's absolutely going to be needed, whether or not uh, Blake Corum is available. You know, if if Blake Corum's not available against Ohio State, Hassan Haskins is going to get 20, 30, 40 carries, especially if they can get anything going. Just the way he runs, I think he leads the nation in first downs. Uh, you know, I, I think he's so valuable that you can't really turn to Hassan Haskins on the road at Maryland in a should-be win and say, hey, you need to run the ball 40 times, beat up your body before the most important week of the season. So a guy like Donovan Edwards, who, sure, doesn't get the run that maybe he he expected to as in the in the true backup role last weekend because Hassan Haskins was was – uh, effective you're going to run the ball with Hassan as many times as you need to, to to win that game but Maryland struggles against the run I would be very shocked to to see um, you know Donovan Edwards get less than 10 carries I think he'll get more than that he could be a back that gets the majority of the carries in the second half if this is a game that's at least semi in control and hopefully for him that gives him some confidence because he could play a major role against you know a, a team that essentially stopped recruiting him uh, when they found the running back of their dreams uh, that, you know, turned into to no longer be Donovan Edwards. And so hopefully he'll get some carries this weekend, give himself some confidence, get some big plays, or at least some, you know, decent first down runs uh, and, and be available to, to fill in for those Blake Corum shoes uh, shall they need to be filled uh, if he's not ready to go by Ohio State. So maybe you can't fully rely on the run because you don't have your dynamic duo, that could cause Cade to, you know, have to throw the ball a little bit more than we expect. But, yeah, hopefully the best players on Michigan's roster can, one, avoid injury, and, two, get a little bit of deserved rest late in the game, as I don't think either of us expect this to be super close. All right, let's get on to predictions. Um, I got Michigan 35-24. So I guess this doesn't totally line up with me saying that I don't think it's going to be all that exciting or impressive. I mean, 35 points, I think I'd be pretty happy with. I think most people would. Uh, I do think Maryland's going to find a, a few good drives. I, I just kind of think with uh, that that offense, you know, it's you should just expect it. It's going to be out there. but And it might be one of those games, too, similar to last week for Maryland, where they're around – but just can't like get their way through the door to actually turn it into a one possession game and like really get the crowd into it. I can see them just kind of hanging around a little bit, but, but too far back to be uh, too much of a threat, you know, in the second half, but yeah, 35, what I say, I need to get back to my document 24, right? Yeah. 35, 24. That's what I got. 
We've got 34 to 17. I think Maryland's going to put some points up. I think they'll put some points up early, you know, get it, do enough to, to get the crowd going a little bit. Uh, I think Michigan's going to respond uh, very well. Um, you know, they, they will usually give up points. Uh, and there's, you know, back to that big old screen by Northwestern. There's a moment where you're like, oh boy, like this doesn't look good. And then you look, you know, it's the fourth quarter and, and a team like Northwestern or in Indiana, the game we went to together, you know, still only has seven points. Uh, so, you you know, you forget that those big plays even happened because for, for most of the time, uh, you know, Michigan's defense is able to slow down opposing offenses. So I think 17 points is fair. You know, it's a team that, you know, has something to play for, you know, to, to ruin another team's college football playoff chances, Big Ten championship game chances, you know, is something to play for. Uh, like we said, Mike Loxley is trying to re- lean all the way into, oh, Michigan shouldn't even focus on us. You know, they've got a more, you know, dangerous opponent ahead. Uh, all mind games. I think Michigan comes in prepared, knows they need to take care of business. I think they're also trying to protect that, you know, that ranking above Michigan State, knowing that, you know, Michigan State could very well lose to the to the same Ohio State team they play a week from Saturday. So, you know, they're, they're playing for their position. They know that they've got to win out uh, to give themselves the best chance, including beating Ohio State, including probably winning the Big Ten championship. But, hey, if you can take care of business this week, uh, watch either Ohio State have a second loss or Michigan State have a second loss. You know, you're probably moving up in the rankings in some way, shape, or form. So, yeah, I think they handle their business just fine this weekend. How about this? The Go Blue Crew, where the whiskey flows and our wives don't know. You had me in the first half. In the in the first half... The whiskey flow, I I feel like that leads us to, you know, it's like, what are we doing that they would not know about? I don't know. I think we're halfway there. I think we're halfway there. <laughs> let's, let's revisit this. This is why I didn't want to commit to the end of the show. That feels like an end of the show attempt. You know, again, the first half is like, you know, one of the best Jim Harbaugh football halves we've had. The second half kind of feels like blowing a six-point lead at Michigan, 16-point lead uh, at Michigan State. So, oh, God. Okay. Well, I think we're you halfway know there. It's, let's re- let's it's revisit this. It's a work in progress. Okay. <laughs> I just had to throw something out there. I, I figured it wouldn't land, but I had to do something. I'll I'll make it my my goal to deliver the second half of that slogan next week. Is it gonna rhyme? I think it has to. I think you've that's in a where way, I, you know that's where I stretched it. I was trying to make it rhyme. In a way, you've set me up for success because again, I'm halfway there. But you know, I've gotta gotta find a couple of good rhyming words that you know. You also lean need into. to try to work in Michigan too. I didn't do that. Our slogan makes it sound like we're reviewing whiskey or something which we have done at times so it's not completely inaccurate but yeah maybe the i'm getting notes of oak and caramel in this one very delicate finish no i'll 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 work on that you know it gives me a lot to think about uh hopefully you know both of us get to to celebrate via text message for a good, happy, you know, easy, non-stressful Saturday win. You know, one of those game times, the 3.30 kickoff, 
uh, you know, not my favorite kickoff. You know, you, you kind of linger around for for the morning and early afternoon. You you get to watch, you know, I guess, some other college football. Uh, Indiana Wesleyan in the NIA playoffs playing Kentucky Wesleyan, I think. That is not First where ever I'll postseason be... game for Indiana Wesleyan. <laughs> that is not where I will be spending my time One o'clock. Uh, this Saturday. But okay. I'm glad that you'll be able to watch part of that game before the yeah. Michigan-Maryland kickoff. Hopefully, uh, you know, we we don't, you know, have our evening linger around until 7, 7.30, uh, being stressed about whatever the outcome may be. Uh, yeah. Hopefully we say, hey, you know, I, I would love a game where in the third quarter I can receive a text from you or text you and be like, oof, man, this is this is nice just to be able to kick back, relax, that just is never the case in November, and I think we both know that. So, nope. yeah, we're, we're probably going to be on the edge of our seat through overtime or something like that. I would have it no other way with this Michigan football team. Absolutely not. Uh, 3.30, BTN. Before we get out of here, congrats, Mel Tucker. Go get yours. Take Ooh. care, everyone, and go blue.